Okay, welcome to the next episode of College Simplified Podcast. I have a wonderful guest, uh, Megan Keough, who's going to share a little bit about her background in her um, college experience, about graduate, undergraduate school and graduate school, but then also with uh, her career and some of the different avenues that she's taken on that. So, Megan, thank you for joining me today. And I can't wait to get into this conversation because I know we've been talking about this for a little while, about just about the importance of getting academically ready and getting onto a mm-hmm. career path and starting to lay down that, that foundation on where you want to go, and where you want to be. And obviously working in higher ed, I see a lot of students that kind of really struggle with this. Um, it seems like it's more so lately that um, they're not really giving much thought on how to necessarily get prepared for college, but also with the career development aspect on which careers they want to pursue and what are some of those stepping stones or what are some of those things they need to do to start preparing for a career. So I wanted to talk with you a little bit and just uh, can you give me a little bit of a background about where you went to school, undergraduate, and um, you know what school, what was your major, and then we can talk a little bit about grad school and then where you're at now. Yeah, of course. Uh, first of all, thank you for having me. I'm really happy to be here and share some of my experience and hope that it helps others who are currently in the process of you know graduating high school looking towards the future um if they're taking the college route and then you know what career after college looks like because that's the big question that doesn't really get focused on until the final day of senior year and um sometimes you're not always prepared so like i was um so yeah i'm definitely happy to be here um so a little just background about me um i graduated from LaSalle University in 2016. Um, That was my undergraduate degree. Um, I was in the school business with a focus on marketing. Um, So I've been in the working world, I guess about seven, eight years now, um, post-college. I went on to work in higher education at a local private university in the area um, where I started out as kind of an administrative assistant in the finance department. Um, And then about a year or so in, transferred into the HR uh, department there. Um, At the time, I was working on completing my MBA uh, through their program there, which was great. Um, I really enjoyed that program a lot. That was just a master's of business business administration um, with a concentration in strategic management and leadership. Uh, Fast forward a couple years, and I am now the lead HR advisor of a consulting firm called Workplace Harmony. Uh, where we work with tons of different clients and every day looks different and I really get to hone in on the skills um, that I've picked up over the way, but also get to carry out things that I'm passionate about, which is something that I'll touch on later. It's about being passionate about the work you do and the time you spend, because if you're not passionate about it, it's going to be a waste of your time ultimately. So, um, you know, passion fuels creativity and creativity fuels success. So, um, yeah, that's a little bit about me to start off. Okay. Wow, that was quite a resume. You sound so accomplished already. <laughs> at such a younger age. Wow. <laughs> the MBA and everything. So that's that's fantastic. So I wanna take you back. I wanna take you back to two thousand sixteen. You're going to LaSalle. Well, what kind of high school student would you rate yourself? Were you like a pretty good, above average, just getting Yeah, by? I would <laughs> yeah, I'd say high school is pretty good student. I was I had a couple A P classes, um, a couple honors classes. I will be 
totally honest and say I was never an AP or honors math or science. Those are not my skill sets, which is probably why I'm in a, like a field like HR because we don't do a ton of math or anything. Um, we do more communications and procedures, processes, stuff like that, which is why I think my brain is wired a little bit more. Um, I, I forget if it's left brain, right brain, all of that, but um, yeah, so in high school, pretty good student, pretty involved um, in extracurriculars, um, had a good social life, stuff like that. So overall high school, pretty good student, yeah. Okay, all right. And then how did you um, decide on LaSalle? I just wanted to find out a little bit about that process. What made you decide to go with LaSalle University? Honestly, the decision was not the most thought out decision. Um, not that I had a bad experience um, in choosing LaSalle. It's just that I didn't feel like I had all the necessary tools and resources to make a decision at that time because when you're 17, 18, you're still pretty young um, and you're still pretty sheltered in like your life with your family and high school and all of that. So um, when deciding, I felt like my priorities weren't the same as they would be now. You know, I was concerned about where my friends were going or I was concerned about what the social aspect was going to be like at whatever college I chose. And so those were really like the key indicators of where I wanted to be. And I, I ended up getting um, like a half or 50% scholarship to LaSalle, which obviously made the decision a lot easier to go there. Um, but it really came down to I knew other people going there um, because at the time I didn't know really what I wanted to do in college. I just wanted to go to a four-year college um, and that it didn't really matter wh where it was, what they specialized in or anything. It was really centered around more of my social life, but I knew that, you know, it's still a four-year degree, it would work out. Um, so yeah, that ultimately that is where my decision came from. Okay. And then, and LaSalle was local to where you lived. Correct. Yep. So I was about 20 minutes from home. So it stayed pretty local, um, which is something that I kind of wish I would have explored going a little bit farther away um, in that aspect. What part of the city is LaSalle in? I'm trying to think. Like, north Philadelphia. Yeah, it's north. Broad and Albany. Yeah, I keep thinking St. Joe's, but it's not St. Joe's. I know. Yeah, that. so right in North Philadelphia. Yeah. Yep. Okay. All right. So you get to LaSalle. You get in there. You're a pretty good student. You said you got a scholarship for about mm -hmm. half off, 50% off. Yep. And so you're into a prominent um, college, university. Tell us a little bit about your experience about just tra making that transition that first year or two. Like, you know, what were some of the challenges that you faced maybe academically or just making that adjustment from high school to college? What was that like for you? Yeah, so I was actually pretty fortunate in terms of, because I think a big or tough transition for a lot of uh, students going from high school to college is that in high school you have about seven or eight classes a day that are around 30 to 40 minutes, I think. And then you go to college and one semester you have four classes, but they are 80 minutes to two hours or whatever it might be. So it's a little bit different. You know, you have less workload, but finding that balance of being able to concentrate for long periods of time and really having a lot of work for those four subjects is, is a lot to take on. I was fortunate that the first high school I went to had block scheduling. So we, I, it was kind of like a college um, in the scheduling aspect of, I had four classes a semester and then after Christmas, you would take four new classes. So I was a little used to that breakdown a little and I actually find it easier. I think the transition can be tough for some people, but when you think about it, you know, you're not toggling between so many different subjects. You know, you have four subjects at one time, maybe five depending on your course load. Um, so it makes it a little bit easier. 
However, I think the tough, tough transition is that when you're in high school, all the resources that are available to you are made known to you no matter what because that's part of the curriculum that's there and the structure that the schools have. When you get to college, it's kind of up to you to go and seek out resources that are available to you. Um, you know, you have to kind of be the one to initiate these things. They're not People aren't holding your hands anymore because you, you're an adult essentially and you're, you want to be treated like that. But it's easy to not go out and find those resources if you don't feel you actually need them but you don't know the value of them until you actually go seek them out. So yeah. Yeah. when I started at LaSalle, I also was in, um, I started as a history major and I decided to transition after thinking about what do I actually want to do after college? And I feel, felt my options were pretty limited with a degree like that. You know, I could teach, I could work at a museum, um, do, be a fact checker, stuff like that. And I didn't know if I necessarily saw myself in that. Like history is very interesting to me and I read a lot of historical fiction, but career wise, I don't think it was sustainable for me. Um, so then I switched over to the school or, or communications and I liked it. I thought I actually really excelled at it. Um, but then I thought more so into that. I was like, well, what do I do with this? And I thought, you know, there's a lot of jobs out there, but what if I do marketing instead? Because it's kind of parallel with communications. But then it also kind of tapers off into having that business degree, which opens up a lot of doors um, post-college. So that's where I ended. Um, and I did like the school business. Obviously, I'm in a business field now. Um, I felt I did make the right decision in all of that. Um, I, my concentration was marketing. I don't do anything with marketing. Um, I tried it. It's not for me. Um, but that's the thing about college is that it's a lot of trial and error. Um, you know, you can do an internship and decide, wow, that really, I don't want to do this for the rest of my life. Or, you know, this, this is nice, but it's not challenging me enough. Or, um, you know, this is fun, but I don't think I could do it every day. So it's a lot of trial and error. And I think one thing that I would recommend primarily to students thinking about college is to eliminate anything you know you don't want to do. Because it's really hard to sit there and say, let me pick one thing that I want to do. <clears throat> for the rest of my life because you don't know what you want to do for the rest of your life like some people do and that's great but I would say the majority of people kind of find out what they want to do along the way due to their experiences and opportunities that are presented to them so I think it's best to eliminate the things you know you absolutely will not want to do after college because then at least your scope is smaller when you're kind of choosing those different avenues of majors or electives or internships, um, all that kind of stuff. So eliminating what you don't want to do is important to ultimately decide what you do want to do. No, that's excellent. That's excellent. I certainly talk about that when I look at um, career development with students. And, you know, when we start going through all the different assessments and personality assessments and work interest inventories and things like that, you know, it's I try to tell students a lot of times we're not really trying we're trying to get closer to what you want to do. I don't know if we're going to accomplish that in just one sitting or the next mm -hmm. sitting, but part of that process is a process of elimination. We can start ruling out those things where you may have considered but then really what your assessments might line up to or what your interests might line up to might not correlate to that. So I totally agree with the um, process of elimination. You're kind mm -hmm. of ruling out those things because let's face it our careers evolve anyway. No matter what, what we get into, it's very rare anymore where it stays that way. There's some sort of evolution process that's going to take place 
over your working life. So mm -hmm. I think it's very important to just keep that in mind. So it sounds like you shifted a little bit. You went into history, mm -hmm. to marketing, communication. So you were finding yourself there for a little bit there at LaSalle. Correct. Yeah. yeah. And Correct. ultimately, my next piece of advice, because I was somebody who didn't really have a defined major until the end of their sophomore year, would be okay. seriously consider your local community college because... It's a lot of money to go to a four-year university if you are completely unsure of what you want to do. If you're going into a specified field like teaching or nursing, stuff like that, where you have to have that four-year degree from an accredited university, then definitely that avenue is for you. But if you are somebody who wants to kind of try college out or you're unsure of what you want to do, community college is a great place to start because you take a couple classes, you take those gen eds that are going to transfer to pretty much any university um, and you're saving a lot of money. Um, you know, you're not living at school. You're not um, living on your own, which is a whole expense in itself. Um, you know, you're staying local. You're still making those decisions. You might be working at the same time, which is always good. Um, so that would be my like I that was my one thing that I wish I could go back and do is at least for one year, go to community. Okay. Take those classes, kind of experience it a little, um, because like I said, like nobody's holding your hand in college, so it's easy to get a little off track and let that social aspect of college kind of take over a little bit, and it makes it hard to do well in school sometimes. And I think a lot of people that I know had certain periods um, in college where they kind of experienced that, and they had to kind of reboot themselves and be like, okay... I'm actually here to learn. Like, I need to focus and do this. Um, but again, it's easy because in high school, it's different because there's so many guardrails in place where college, it's all up to you to be the one that's successful. Yep. And I um, just want to give a little shout out to the community colleges. <laughs> they are, uh, and that's my background, but um, yeah, there's so many passport programs and partnership programs where... Mm -hmm. You know, just about all of your credits, depending on who they have the partnerships with. Right. Transfer to prominent universities, you know, um, usually in a local area or in the, within the state. But um, it's certainly uh, an avenue to consider if you're kind of feeling things out. You certainly will save money in the long run. Yeah. Going there. So no hand holding in college, right? Yeah. Much has changed. So what was it like for you? Did you struggle with the academics to a certain extent with the self-discipline on studying with your own and time management, maybe test taking or study skills? Did you have an issue with that or balancing that with social life? Yeah, I think it like the academic content wasn't necessarily the challenge for me. It was the self-discipline aspect of yeah really designating time to do work and study like I should have went to the library more often than I did like trying to study in your dorm room with a roommate or a common area in the dorm room is not going to be as productive as designated quiet alone time like in the library or somewhere else on campus um that's really where I struggled I said I'm like oh I should be in studying all night I'd study for like an hour and then be like oh, okay I'll meet you guys at that party or event on campus whatever it may be and um, so it's really finding that balance of, okay, like work comes first. And if I just designate this time to it, I can still do the social stuff, but sometimes it, it gets in the way. And, um, especially like finals time is really hard, um, because everyone's preparing to leave for break and they want to say bye to people and spend time with everybody. But you also have so much going on with papers that are due, um, presentations, tests, all of that. 
Um, for me, like always papers were like my jam, like, and it's funny because I think if you surveyed like a college, um, like say you had a college demographic and you said, would you prefer taking a test versus writing a paper? I think more people would rather take a test than write a paper. I'm the complete opposite. I do not have good test taking skills. I can study really hard and think I know the material, but I second guess myself a lot. So when I put down the answer, I go back and I'm like, maybe it's this one. And ultimately I will say, go with your gut decision because it's normally the first one that speaks to you is the right one. Don't go back and change things um, because that will kind of mess you up or at least it used to mess me up. Um, But yeah, I think it's really the self-discipline because it kind of ties into all the different aspects of college. And if you can find that good balance of, you know, getting into a routine or having like designated focus time to focus on your work, like it's really going to help you. Because if you get into that habit your first year hitting the ground running, like you will get into that habit for the next three years or maybe more if you're going to a master's program. So, um, yeah, I really think finding that balance is important. Yeah. Yeah. And that's kind of one of the things I really focus in on is just it's the mindset, really getting that proper mindset ready for college. Um, So it's not necessarily just the skill of time management, but it's also the Mm self-discipline how to focus your concentration. Sometimes your motivation wanes throughout the semester. It goes up, it goes down. It, it, that's pretty normal. But how do you keep yourself motivated? You got to keep your eyes on a prize, know that you're going for those credits, you're trying to earn a certain GPA, and just other aspects too with test-taking skills, test anxiety. So I really kind of focus on those things because if you get that discipline, as you mentioned, mm-hmm. that first semester, it's easier to roll it into the spring or the following semester. And then before you know it, you have a year under your belt. And it's kind of like the proving ground. If you can get through that first year from that first semester to the second semester, obviously the longer you go, the more the, uh, the chances go up of you fulfilling degree completion. It's that first year that's real tricky. And I try to spare students that struggle of having that not so good first semester. Mm-hmm. Where they're really trying to like, all right, now I have to pull my GPA up to stay in a college. Mm-hmm. Where if you try to go in with the right mindset. But it really starts on day one and yeah. week one. Because if you wait till you start getting used to things, that might even be too late at that point. Um, right. I mean, in many cases, you can make it up. But you really want to start off on the, on the right foot. Yeah, absolutely. All right, so LaSalle. All right, so then you graduate from LaSalle, right? And that was what, business marketing? Yep, yeah. Okay. And then you went to grad school. I want to know a little bit about that. Can you share a little bit about your experience there? You said you went for the MBA, and then you were working at a higher education institution. Yep, yeah. So as I was working at the university, I had been there probably two years um, by the time I decided to enroll in the MBA program. You know, it was a great benefit of working there, so I would be a fool to not take advantage of a paid master's degree. Um, You know, I know people that have paid so much money to go back to school. Um, So I got into that, um, and then the pandemic hit. So most of it was during the pandemic while I was taking these courses. Um, It was an online program, and typically it was one class for like, like I think they were six or seven weeks duration. So one class at a time and then one week break and then you start a new one. Um, Towards the end, I actually doubled up on classes because I was working from home. It was the pandemic. I had a lot more time on my hands. Um, But I really enjoyed my MBA program. I feel like a lot of what I use today is from my MBA program. Um, And I feel that because I did it, 
at, as an adult. Um, I was probably about 26, 27 when I was in the program. And I felt like I had that, that self-discipline that I lacked in my undergrad. Um, and that's reflected in my GPA from undergrad versus graduate degree. Okay. Um, I graduated my MBA program with a 4.0 and my undergraduate degree was probably around like a 3.2. And um, that is 100% on me because I didn't have the tools that I needed. I didn't look for the resources that were out there. I, you know, like most of like my bad grades were because like sometimes I would just skip class or, you know, like if I had anxiety, I was not addressing it at the time because when you're young, like you don't really think too much into those things and um, it kind of catches up to you at one point. But yeah, my grad program, I really enjoyed what I was learning. I really enjoyed what I was doing. Um, so that comes back to that idea of, you know, go to community college first to decide what you want to do because maybe if I did that, I would have did a different major that I was more interested in or something to that effect. But the, the MBA was so interesting to me because it was real life experiences. Um, you know, it was all case studies and it kind of, kind of segues into what I do now is a lot of like mergers and acquisitions and just like large scale, um, business cases that were so interesting that I learned a lot from that I still kind of reference today. Um, but I think when you're a little bit older going to school, you appreciate it more. Um, than I did in my undergrad, which I think is a common thing for a lot of people who aren't going to school for something that they're 100% passionate about. Um, so yeah, I think my, I mean, both experiences were good overall. I think I learned a lot from my undergrad experience, um, but the uh, graduate program was where I felt I really learned a lot of things that I use today in the career I'm in because it wasn't all focused in marketing. Um, it was kind of the whole business sector um, all like all different facets of it. So, um, yeah. And, you know, just to touch on a point you mentioned earlier too, is like we said it was an evolution process. And when you're in undergraduate school, you're not really touching upon a lot of those resources and you're a little apprehensive to maybe look for them or utilize them. And I know as a student, particularly from a freshman to a junior or a senior, you're more apt to kind of utilize those resources. Mm -hmm. You go to grad school, you know that, all right, there's resources available to help me be successful. So uh, can we mention the university or do you want yeah, to? Yeah, yeah, sure. It's uh, Gwen and Mercy University. Gwen and Mercy. All right. So you work for their administration. You were there going for your MBA, but that, just walk us through that. So I was there as an administrative assistant um, in the finance department. And then about a year and a half in, I transferred into the HR department as an HR coordinator. Um, and then at that time, probably, I think I started the program in September of 2019. I started the MBA program and I started at Gwened January of 2018. So about a year and a half in. Um, yep. And then I stayed until, when did I leave? April of 2021 um, was my last few days at Gwened, um, but I completed the program September 2020. Okay. Okay. So administrative assistant, then into HR, mm -hmm. okay. and you were completing your program there. Yeah. Right. So then you transitioned out of that. We'll talk, talk to us a little bit about from that transition from Gwened Mercy into what you're currently doing right now, right? Yeah. Yeah. So Started with Workplace Harmony in April of 2021, um, and for me it was all new because 
when you go from working at a place that's like higher education, or even if I was coming from a singular corporation, you know, you are working for one business at all times. So your day to day looks a lot different than what I do now. So I'm in consulting. So I work with tons of different businesses. So every day is a new day, which for me works really well because it keeps it exciting. It keeps it challenging. It's refreshing. Um, so it was a lot different because at the university, you know, there's structured processes in place. You know what your day is going to look like. You have your clear cut responsibilities that you handle. Um, but going into this industry, it really was an avenue to fuel my creativity and my thinking. Um, when you work for a singular company, sometimes like you kind of just have to do things their way. Like where I am now, I'm able to, you know, suggest new ways of thinking or doing things. And it's great because you feel really valued and you feel really confident in the work you're doing. Um, and like I said, like a lot of the clients I work with, I'm passionate about their mission, vision, and values, which makes it so much more fun for me because I really want to help them flourish. And yeah, it's just so different because going to school for marketing and doing what I do now, I never would have imagined this is what I was doing when I was a freshman in college. Like I never, ever would have imagined this. Um, and it kind of just fell into it. But I think that's kind of how most of these things happen is that you might have expect one thing and then all these doors open and they lead to other things and you're like, wow, how did I get here? And then reflecting back on the journey, it's great because there were times after uh, my undergrad where I was like, what am I doing? Um, you know, I was unemployed at certain points and nannying and stuff like that. And I was like, what am I doing? What am I doing? And then one day you're where I am and you look back and you're like, wow, like, how did I get here? And then you, but then you think about all the work that you did put in and you feel really good about it. And I mean, honestly, you just have to trust the process because sometimes you might feel really stuck at a job and you know, you're like, this is not what I want to be doing. Um, important tip. Don't leave a job until you have another job. Um, <laughs> cause I've seen people do that and then they get stuck for six months of unemployment. Yeah. Like, no, don't leave a job until you have a job. Um, unless you really, really, mentally are hurting from that job um try to stick it out as long as possible <laughs> so were you actively looking at that point to get out of uh, higher ed at that point and you were just kind of looking for something new based on what you were saying just yeah change of pace and yeah like i just felt like i had hit a point at the university where i wasn't going to get promoted because there was nowhere to really get promoted to um I wasn't feeling very challenged by the work I was doing. I felt like my daily routines were just mundane and repetitive. And I like, again, like there was no creativity involved. And for me, I think that's something I need to kind of fuel my energy and everything. So, um, yeah, at that point, uh, after I finished the MBA and, you know, it was still COVID, so things were a bit weird. Um, but at that point, I definitely was looking for a new opportunity, but honestly, I didn't even know what that was. Um, I wasn't sure what that looked like because I didn't always feel like I had the confidence that I needed to go get a new job, something that was cooler than what I was doing. Um, so when this opportunity came up, I definitely was hesitant to leave because there was so much structure in place where I was. You know, I knew exactly what I was getting every two weeks. I knew exactly what the benefits were. I knew exactly what the schedule was, all of that. I knew everyone from working there for three and a half years. And so it definitely was 
a leap of faith to join a small growing business. Um, and now I look back on it three years later and where the company is now, I'm like, wow, I would have been so mad at myself if I didn't take that opportunity when I did. Um, so it definitely was like, um, it was a risk for sure. Um, you know, leaving behind something very structured and solid to something that was new to me. Um, you know, consulting, I'd never even considered it. I didn't even know if I had the experience for it. Um, but I mean, I love what I do now. Um, I think I have that, I, like I'm challenged factor. It's refreshing. It's not mundane. Um, it gives me the opportunity to be, to be creative, to be a leader, um, to be a place where my opinions are valued and everything. So yeah, I mean, it's sometimes you have to take a risk that is scary to be the biggest reward. Yes, it's very easy to get complacent too with a job. Mm -hmm. Um, yes, that can go on, and you know, there's certain circumstances. If you have, if you're married, you have children, you have, uh, you know, bills and things like that. It can be a really tough decision. Mm -hmm. But um, sometimes you have to kind of take that leap of faith. If you've got the credentials behind you and your degrees, and you said trust the process, and part of that process is going to college and finishing, and mm -hmm. then you, went, you got another position, and then you went on for your MBA. So mm -hmm. you, things in place to open up these doors right. for you to walk through. And I think yep. a lot of times the students are just kind of looking all the way to the end and not realizing that there's a series of doors, there's a series of steps you need to go yep. through, but they all build upon each other. And yep. the degrees are putting you in places or positions to have a choice, to have an opportunity to right. say yes or no and, and kind of de decide for yourself. So. Yeah, that's great. I like that. I like the term trust the process. <laughs> We've heard that before. Yeah, yeah. Us Philadelphians. <laughs> All right. So then you're uh, lead HR. And then um, and you, you were sharing a little bit about that position. I think you were kind of just saying about how it's a challenge that you like the different challenges. You're working through a small group. Your input's very valued. It's different. It's changing all the time. And that's mm -hmm. something you've been, and you've been with the company like three years now. Yeah. So. You're kind of perfect to talk to about this. I wanted to ask you the question of uh, being someone that went to college before COVID and finished just before that, then actually went to school during COVID with your grad school and everything, and then you're seeing the post-COVID world, which is very different. And even though things are back to normal, there a lot has changed for the better in terms of work, education, mm -hmm. and many other things. What are some of the, um, the the benefits that you see, you know, post-COVID that you didn't really imagine, you know, that you didn't necessarily see before that? Like, what are some of the, um, you know, what are some of the opportunities that you see for growth in terms of the individual or young student coming up that may not have been necessarily available five years ago? I mean, I think the biggest thing, of course, from COVID is the flexibility that it's provided people to work from home and not have to commute every day. Um, I think there's a ton of value still in college students being able to get that one-on-one -on -one in-person interaction with professor or student or, you know, just that interaction with classmates alone. But I think now, I, I and I'm pretty sure, like I know Gwyneth is still doing this, like you know, a lot of the, the classes are hybrid now. So, you know, maybe you're in class one day a week and the other two days you're remote or vice versa. Um, or there might just be, you know, if you can't make it, you can still do it online. Um, I think that for a lot of people that provides an opportunity to 
do that self-discipline and do that, um, you know, making your, make sure you're designating time to it because some people get really anxious in in-person settings. So if you're somebody like that and now you're at home, your concentration might be more focused um, because you're not necessarily experiencing anxiety in person or um, if the tests are online, you might feel com more comfortable taking it in your own house, stuff like that. Um, but I do think that the in-person interaction is still important for learning and all of that, but I think it does provide an extra layer of like accessibility almost for a lot of people. So I think that's something that's changed a lot. Um, I think that also though, like uh, I'll like a, kind of play devil's advocate here because on the flip side of that, it almost makes it hard when you're graduating from college to be applying for jobs where they might want you in person five days a week. And that's been a struggle that I've seen with a lot of my clients who want their employees in person every day. They don't have people anymore that are willing to come to the office five days a week. So the whole workforce has really had to flex on that, um, whether it be a remote schedule, a hybrid schedule, um, or fully in person. You know, It seems like there's a, a lot of diversity there in terms of who's offering what, but um, yeah, I mean, it, it's just different because I never thought that would be an option five years ago. I don't yeah. think a lot of people did, honestly. Yeah. Um, but now it's just, we're so equipped for it that it makes it hard to not offer it. Um, cause I think it makes your company more attractive if you're willing to do that. So yeah, I mean, but that like, again, like being on the college campus is super important to the whole experience. Like, um, when it comes down to it, you know, going to the library, going in class, like, but I think that giving them the opportunity to do it two days a week versus three days a week or whatever it might be, um, is good for everyone. Yeah, yeah. I think the high. I really like personally. I, I like the hybrid approach. Yeah, you have a little bit of both, because um, that interaction is important, and that social interaction certainly still important for, mm -hmm. for a variety of reasons. Yeah. Um, but also academically, I think just having that connection, being able to ask, because it's not quite the same online all the time. And I right. and I caution you know graduates too to just not lip simply look for positions that are simply online so you want to make sure that you're kind of weighing out all, everything um and not just looking for a certain type do you know who scott galloway is no i, I, I used to meet uh nyu professor in business and i remember him talking about promotions and younger folks and trying to be promoted he was like if you want to get promoted you gotta, you gotta get in there. You, you can't. You gotta have. You gotta rub shoulders with people and mm -hmm. all that. And just simply be completely online because he's like they're gonna remember that interaction more with somebody they sat across from yes. and talked to as opposed to online. So yeah, um, it's great to have, but you, you um, definitely want to keep your options open. I was say there is just a lot of value in building a relationship with someone in person versus solely online. Um, I think it, it just adds a layer that's not, that won't be there if it's just solely virtual. Um, so if you're able to be in person ever, maybe it's one day a week with your coworkers or your supervisor or anything, definitely do that because it's going to set you up for success in the long run. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. All right. Well, I don't know. Let me see here. I think that's about it for me. I think you kind of covered all the things I really want to talk about. Do you have any other last bits of advice for any new and upcoming students? I know you kind of touched on a lot. 
Yeah, I mean, just really, you know, there's so many resources out there for you, like, that are part of your experience at a college. So, like, when you're a freshman, if you feel yourself falling behind in a class, you know, there are tutors, um, TAs, study groups, all that kind of stuff. Use your advisor. Like, that is something I didn't do until junior, senior year, kind of how we talked about. Um, it's okay to ask for help because it's better to ask for help sooner rather than later so you can turn that corner and you can kind of start working towards success. Um, like, help is out there as needed. So use your advisor. Talk to your professors as much as you need. You know, reach out. Um, I think that's the most important thing. I mean, I always say... If you need help, ask for it. I say it now um, at work and everything because when you try to do something on your own that you're kind of failing at, like it's going to crash and burn and it's never going to hurt to just ask for help or ask a question because a lot of people get so tied up in their heads about asking questions because they feel like they're bothering people or they don't want to seem incompetent. And I'm like, we ask questions. Everyone asks questions. I don't care who you are, what your experience is. You're always going to have a question. So just raise your hand, like, whatever, you know, it's just, it's such a stigma that people don't want to ask for help or ask a question, but I'm like, it's going to save so much time and money if you just ask initially, then doing something completely wrong and then having to start over. So yeah, yeah definitely don't be afraid to ask questions. Or asking too late, you know, when yep. you ask questions and then you get to the point of the semester or well after a project's due. Yeah. And for that help and it's like you know it was available the whole time mm -hmm. the resources are important they are oh, and I they're mean, there <laughs> yeah there's so many there's so many um and students um and a lot of times they walk you through that with orientation yes um but that's different you know what i mean you get the quick snapshot snapshot of it all but you have to mm -hmm. make sure that you um, one of the things we talk about in student success and college success is active involvement. And part of that active involvement is going, knowing what resources are there and how to access them. Mm -hmm. yeah. Well, thank you so much, Megan. I appreciate it. Yeah. And, um, yeah. Keep on doing what you're doing. Yeah. <laughs> thanks for having me. I'm excited to uh, hear the episode. All right. Thanks so much, Megan. All right. Yeah, yeah. of course. Thanks, Daryl. All right. All Goodbye. right.